Welcome to Jesus Has Left the Building, where we talk with people leading creative, outside the box, I mean outside the church building, ministries that inspire and engage us. Our vision is to unfold God's kingdom on earth as it is in heaven. Our hope is that these stories will help you find ways to engage in your own communities as we work together for a more just and loving world. This is the Jesus Has Left the Building podcast, where ministers, people of faith, activists, and church leaders have left the building too, with Marta and Mandy. Welcome to episode seven of Jesus Has Left the Building. We are super excited. We had such a great time with our guest for this episode. Her name is Starlette Thomas, and um, we actually came across Starlette through Good Faith Media, which um, we've had a conversation with um, Mitch and Autumn from Good Faith Media earlier in, a, in this season. So Starlet has a podcast and blog called The Raceless Gospel, and her podcast really is a virtual church. And um, she, they talk about on that podcast, race, religion, and politics. Uh, she is funny and fun and brilliant. And we had such a great conversation with her that you are going to really enjoy. Yeah. It was the name, the raceless gospel that actually stuck out for me. And Mm -hmm. I was like, Oh, I, I want to talk with this person. And then I noticed that she's going to Wesley theological seminary where my husband, Roger graduated from and where I actually, I met him there because uh, you know, I'm, I was born and raised in Washington, DC. And um, so I was like, oh, I want to, I want to talk with this person. I want to see what she's all about. And I'm curious about this idea of the name raceless Mm -hmm. gospel, because, um, and we, and we push those boundaries a little bit with her Mm -hmm. about what does it mean to, yes, it is raceless. And, you know, we sort of always had um, learned that, honoring our differences was more honoring than not. So how do those two things kind of come together? Right. And she speaks the truth um, in bold ways. She off uh, several times in this episode, she calls herself the grumpy old prophet. So um, that is what we have entitled this, her ability to say hard things and to speak truth um, was really liberating for me as we spoke with her. So I'm excited to share this one with everybody. Yeah. So check out her podcast. You can find them on most all the platforms, Apple podcasts and, and Spotify. And it really does go through the traditional liturgy of mm-hmm. a worship mm-hmm. service in podcast form. So it definitely can be used as a worship service. Yeah. Welcome. We're so glad you're with us, Starlet. So glad to be with you. Um, Okay, so we know that you have this awesome podcast called The Raceless Gospel, right? Yes, ma'am. So tell us, um, tell us how you decided to um, use this particular platform, um, medium, tool to do ministry. So that's part one of our question. And then the second part is, you know, similar, like there are so many options. Why that one? Why did you decide to go virtual and digital digital via a podcast? So I lead a podcast church and I call myself a podcast pastor. Uh, no votes, I guess I called and installed myself. Um, I chose podcasting because of its accessibility to um, listeners and it's literally a home church 
uh, if you have a phone, you have a church home. And it's also a church on the move because it's accessible through all streaming platforms. Um, the doors of this church are always open. Um, the meeting time is negotiable. You don't have to dress up. You can literally come as you are or stay in bed. Um, you don't have to fight I over love a parking all that. spot. You don't have to part of, fight over a parking spot or a pew. Um, the service is under an hour. Uh, and there's no church business meeting. And thanks be to God for that. Amen. I see it as all pluses. <laughs> I, I love how you have come up with sort of those, um, you've made it very clear, right? Like no business meetings, it's less than an hour. It's, you know, um, you can do it anytime. I, I love all of those. We need to collect those, that list, Mandy, um, because that, right that is a, um, those are really positive things to say about hearing the word of God um, on your own time and when you want to. So um, what, like, tell us about, like, what made you come to this point? Like, you were just going about doing ministry, you were connected to a congregation, you were in your DMIM program, and you're like, hey, I want to do this thing, or like, how did it come about? I was invited to your story. I was invited to do it by Good Faith Media, but I've been studying um, the socio-political construct of race uh, since I was about 19. I started questioning race at 19. I started asking questions about identity, who am I and how I came to be. Um, I asked my mother um, why she chose my father and I was expecting a love story, you know, something like, I don't know, they were at the club, at a dance party and they saw each other from across the room and they locked eyes, you know, they glided toward each other and they danced all night and then they swapped numbers or they I don't, met each other on the playground and swapped numbers or friends introduced them and I didn't get that. Uh, my mother, who is a beautifully dark-skinned woman, um, said that she had picked my father, she had chosen my father because he had light skin with good hair. And mm -hmm. I didn't think that anybody should have that type of creative power. And so I started to question it. And now I question it faithfully until people have no faith in race. And I say socio-political construct is just a really long word that says simply, we made it up. Uh, the mm -hmm. origin of race is on the tip of our tongues. Um, mm -hmm. And so I talk about a raceless gospel. Uh, because it's not a part of the good news of Jesus Christ to color anybody in uh, or to make people love or, or to suggest that God loves people ac according to the sociopolitical socio -political construct of race or even uh, the color of skin, if that be uh, what persons choose. But no, this is a natural uh, progression. Uh, my good friend and colleague Mitch is a visionary, he's a dreamer. And so this is something that needed to happen, was going to happen uh, regardless because I was already in the space to do so. I'm looking for something new, wanting to hear something new, and tired of the church in North America towing the color line. Mm -hmm. So what, what is the thing that you're most tired of? Like, what is... Segregation. Um, okay. So, like, can you talk a little bit about that? Because, I mean, that can uh, be lots of different things to lots segregation of people, on people, right? No, segregation on Sunday mornings. Mm -hmm. The church is most divided on Sunday mornings. Mm -hmm. And that we've integrated in most every space except mm -hmm. for a church. And we mm -hmm. think it's okay. Mm-hmm. That's not the answer to God's prayer, to Jesus' prayer, that you be one. Um, it, it's irritating to me. It's quite hypocritical. Um, and as you can see, I get, I, I, get, I get agitated about it. I have nothing to say to a church that can't get it together. So there is a difference between, you know, like the gospel being raceless mm -hmm. and, um, and uh, you defining um, you defining the race issues as not, as not seeing race, right? Like, no, what, no. right. There's no, so I say, no, no, no. 
So this is the thing. I know people need to keep their race thing. So when I say race, I don't mean when I say raceless, I don't mean colorblind. Right. Thank you right. See I couldn't I know, quite I know, get that off. I know because that's the that's the angst. I'm not going to take your race away from you. The baptismal identity was supposed to do that. Galatians mm -hmm. chapter three, verse twenty-seven and twenty-eight said, "There's neither Jew nor Greek, bond nor free, uh, male nor female. Mm -hmm. If it didn't wash off in the water, I can't help you." Mm -hmm. The racist gospel says there's neither beige, nor black, nor brown, nor red, nor yellow, or white. And I'm not physically colored black. So what are you saying when you call me black anyway? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So no, I'm not going to tell you. I'm not going to say to anyone you're physically colored anything. But I'm also not going to say things like colorblind or that ra that mm -hmm. America is post-racial because it's not. It's foundational to, to who and what mm -hmm. America is and will always be. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. Charles Mills said that uh, the United States has a racial contract and that the Constitution doesn't say we the people. It says we the white people. There's mm -hmm. any number of books that talks about the legalization of whiteness. And so I understand it as a social construct, the categ a category mm -hmm. needed for the capitalization on bodies, but I will never suggest that God made us that way. There's no, there's no anthropological evidence for it. There's no biological basis for it. And it's not in the Bible. Race is not in the mm -hmm. Bible. Race is a 16th century construct. If mm -hmm. you see it in the Bible, it's because we put it there. It's mm -hmm. not a first century invention. It is Absolutely. not divine. It has no eternal, uh, no eternal weight. It's not mm -hmm. supernatural. There's nothing in it. It is incredibly mm -hmm. carnal. It is mm -hmm. all aesthetic. That if you look mm -hmm. a particular way, you are right in the world and you are right with God, which is absolutely wrong. Because mm -hmm. God doesn't look at the outward appearance. Didn't we learn that in First mm -hmm. Samuel? God looks at the heart. Mm -hmm. That's another gospel. Mm -hmm. So Starlet, what, what does Sunday morning look like in in your vision, in, in God's vision, right? What, what does Sunday morning look like to you? <laughs> no idea what it has in God's vision. Right, uh, right, but right. I would like to go into a space where all of me is acknowledged and recognized, where I don't have to divide myself out and say, I'm, mm -hmm. I'm, I'm completely black or completely white because I'm, I'm a, those cultures are in me and I shouldn't have to choose and I shouldn't have to separate or segregate myself to belong in the body of Christ. But you have to in church. Right. My whole self and is I think not it's welcome. so it's so interesting, right? Because, I mean, I have heard um, sort of uh, two philosophies on this, right? Um, there is the multiracial, multi-ethnic, um, like let's embrace all of the things church, okay. right? That's right. Um, and um, I'm doing my D-men um, at Drew University um, oh. and um, Middle Collegiate Church in New York City in the East Village is our um, case study church. And it is this very um, multi, multi everything church, right? Um, but I have also heard um, people who would say, you know, um, um, working towards a multiracial church um, can just lead towards assimilation to a, a lack of you know, real identity and culture and, yeah. um, you know, because as we see it right now, the historically black church and the historically white church, like just in the way that, that we worship in those spaces, it's very different. So I don't know what my question is here, but talk about <laughs> that a little bit. No, it just depends on who is in charge. Often when we see multi-ethnic you know, churches that have multiple nationalities, the leadership is European American. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So it starts, it imitates a plantation. Mm -hmm. That's where, I mean, you can work here or you can worship here, but I'm in charge. I don't think mm -hmm. that the church in North America knows how to be any other way because that's the way those churches were established. 
that European Americans were free to worship and African Americans, Africans at the time, later African Americans had no soul and could not be baptized and, and, and were forbidden to, to learn how to read or to read the Bible or to worship. And so they had to steal away. They had to go into a hush harbor. So that's that segregation happened in slavery. It's, it's mm -hmm. innate to how those churches came to be. Mm -hmm. Uh, and work has to be done around that. Conversations need to be had ar around that about why that happened. I mean, uh, Henry Mitchell has a book called uh, Black Church Beginnings where he names three things. And uh, he frankly just names European Americans, um, terrorizing African-American people and not allowing them to worship. And so they had to go, they had to form a black church tradition to protect themselves mm -hmm. from the violence that their bodies were suffering. Mm -hmm. So for, for African-American people, the African-American religious experience has been a space for survival. And, and we know that mm -hmm. their bodies are not safe. And if they go into a space that says it's multicultural, uh, yeah, you're going to have to assimilate. That is the way of America. Uh, mm -hmm. You have to convert to whiteness. That's a whole nother, America has a whole nother gospel and it is the good news of white skin. Mm -hmm. And if you're going to be right and, and in right standing here, if, if you're going to have a good life, if God is going to love you and accept you, you will have to be white. You need to think white, talk white, and act white, whatever that is. Because white is not a country. White is a color. You have to lose who you really are. Stripped of mm -hmm. tongue. And then, <laughs> yeah, stripped of your tongue, stripped, stripped of your traditions, stripped of your last name. Uh, there's tons of history, documentaries about uh, you know, Polish people, Italian people having to lose their accents, lose their names mm -hmm. in order to become these white people. That's mm -hmm. a conversion narrative. You become a new person. Mm -hmm. I'm saying that's not the narrative that Jesus is, is preaching. Mm -hmm. Jesus mm -hmm. is not, you don't have to assimilate and become mm -hmm. white in order to become a Christian. Mm -hmm. Those two don't go together. So my problem is not with, yeah, my problem is with race. It's not personal with, I could care less about any person. I have a problem with race and I seek mm -hmm. to undermine its credibility at every turn. Mm -hmm. Race begot racism. So if we can't, you're not going to get rid of racism if you don't get rid of the socio-political construct that it stands upon. It mm -hmm. supports it. Mm -hmm. It says this white is right, white is might, and everyone else is underneath that. And I don't know too many people who are going to give up that kind of power. I know. But, I mean, totally agree. Dismantling that is going to be rough business. But um, that's the church's call, is it not? To turn the it world sure is. Down? Are we supposed to do that? To take those categories and dump them on their heads? The first shall be last, the last mm -hmm. shall be first? Yeah, mm -hmm. tell, tell those privileged people to get in line mm -hmm. and to fall in behind where Jesus is. He's mm -hmm. in the back. Mm -hmm. He's in the back. So I totally agree. And so getting back to real quick, I want to, um, because I feel like you need to come on for another season. Like when I, when I do my <laughs> demon project around feminist womanist theologies, because um, but no, I'm just kidding. Um, but um, but I want to get She's back. looking for another season. <laughs> I sure am right here. Um, but um, so would you say, because, you know, our whole thing this this season is really lifting up these digital platforms to do some yeah. really important ministry in the world. Yeah. And so um, Good Faith Media asked you to do this because yeah. probably they know you, they know you're passionate about this subject and they want yeah. you to speak that truth to power, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, on this platform, I'm guessing. Yeah. Um, now, did you think that, do you think, can you talk a little bit about, particularly about this platform and having your voice on a platform like this and how that might be different than actually being in um, an actual pulpit? Um, you know, or traditional pulpit, I should say, um, a colonial pulpit. Um, 
right? So um, would you say, like, talk about that a little bit and what it, how, how you went from ministry from the actual building of the church to leaving the building with Jesus, right? How, how did that happen? What did that look like? What has this been like for you? It's just one foot in front of the other. Mandy, you know that was a dope question, right? You got me all hyped and excited. That was a really good question. Um, Perfect. So I've been That's because I went off script, Martha. Well, we thank God for the spirit of off scriptness. That's right. Uh, <laughs> Uh, so I was, I haven't seen it much as a transition, but you are absolutely, until I was invited to have this conversation, but I'm like, you're absolutely right. Um, it just feels very natural to me. I've created an online church. So it has a lot of the, the traditional experiences that you would see. I'm going to offer a prayer. There's a testimony, mm -hmm. the call and response back and forth. Um, but it is for people who have left the church uh, to follow Jesus and to find Jesus or who lost Jesus between the, the pulpit and the door. Mm -hmm. um, it's for people who are looking for a reformation and Phyllis Tickle says the church is due. She said every it 500 sure years is supposed to be a rummage sale. And so I'm just mm -hmm. making signs, you know, I'm just making those <laughs> signs say garage sale. What day, what, what, what day we dine? What day we bury in this? I'm just preparing myself to preach on the rubble. So I see it as a, I see it as a pulpit. I see the, I see Wi-Fi as the Holy spirit, just mm -hmm. moving. It's no change. It's us mm -hmm. that, you know, that feel that. Uh, and if I, if, I could preach a little bit. You know, the last structure that Jesus left was a tomb. We quickly try to put Jesus into boxes and into buildings mm -hmm. and attach names. He's fine. Jesus is just fine. Let the spirit move where it will. I see the spirit sashaying and swaying and having the spirit's way wherever it wants to be or wherever, wherever mm -hmm. the spirit wants to be. Um, so for me, it's not a transition. It's just go, mm -hmm. go. Mm -hmm. This is its own wave, its own uh way of going and being and doing i don't see mm -hmm. it any differently um mm -hmm. yeah i really don't i know that um, i know that it's well well faith comes by hearing right faith comes by hearing this is all auditory it's all about what they're hearing hearing and hearing by the word of god so i try to um yeah the words are very important to me so i try to say words that I want embodied in the world, that I want to mm -hmm. become flesh in the world. So I say raceless as often as possible because I think that race has been given, has been deified. In many spaces, race is, is all powerful. Race is a silent partner in the Trinity that I cannot question race. I, I will always be stuck with that. And I just, I disagree. I vehemently disagree. You cannot tell me that I died to Christ and that I come up with the same bondage that society gives me. And so I feel like the podcast is just an extension of that. It's just, it's, it would be normal if the church weren't so traditional. Mm -hmm. um, we totally agree with you. We think that, <laughs> obviously we think this platform has so many, um, so many beautiful things about it. And I, um, I appreciate you saying that, you know, faith, faith comes by hearing and yeah. listening and, um, and also, um, you know, making flesh, you know, making it embodied in the world, taking yeah. taking what you hear and then taking it back out. I, we 100% agree. And I also sort of like, just simply go yeah. like that, that is, yeah. um, what is stopping you? Like what is yeah. stopping people? Right. Um, I real quick, this has nothing. I'm just curious now, cause you mentioned this when we were talking earlier, um, about most of the people in your demon cohort, um, uh. sort of fed up with the church. Yeah. Um, Can you talk about that a little bit? I'm curious about that. Or if you don't feel comfortable, you don't I have to. I feel quite comfortable. Okay. I'm an, old, I'm an old grumpy prophet. I'm ready to say repent 
anytime I get a chance. No, it comes from a space of church hurt. The majority of the people in my cohort who started um, have, and we're now getting ready to conclude our, pro have, our program have all been hurt by the church now, are all looking to quit because they've been, they feel like they've been abused. They feel like the church is not respectful or responsible with their time or with their family, that they have not shown any grace or compassion now that um, the job is compounded, now that we're doing everything under one roof. Um, and mm -hmm. so they're realizing that they're in an abusive relationship and they're mm -hmm. ready to leave. They're ready to walk out and they're trying to find the right way and the right cover. And COVID is a cover. Well, you know, the pandemic. And so, no, mm -hmm. they're fed up, fed up mm -hmm. with playing church when they really mm -hmm. need this compassion and this grace and this sharing all things in common. They're not seeing it. Uh, mm -hmm. So it, they're being accused. The church is being accused, surprise, shock, awe of hypocrisy. Mm -hmm. uh, and when you can, I, I don't know, I, I feel for the church because if you can turn off preachers, people who went to seminary and sacrificed and accepted a call, if you can turn them off and they want to leave, what makes you think you're gonna bring in new people? Right. If your leaders are leaving, what does that mm -hmm. say? Mm -hmm. If we don't mm -hmm. want, if we don't want to deal with you, because if, as soon as you say the word new, your job is in danger. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and just a point of fact, no prophets are on payroll. You mm -hmm. can't keep them. As soon mm -hmm. as a prophet starts talking, there will be a church business meeting. Mm -hmm. so <laughs> you have to, it, there will, there, it's just coming. Well, pastor, I, I mean, I appreciate you, but I didn't like that last sermon. No. And so people are fed up mm -hmm. with that. They want to speak into the Black Lives Matter movement. They mm -hmm. want to talk about mm -hmm. the hyper-politicization of faith. They want to talk about um, white Christian nationalism. And if you can't say mm -hmm. what you need to say, and when God is putting it on your heart, and people are trying to control your tongue, and you know you have to give an account mm -hmm. to God, not to a committee, mm -hmm. if you can't be faithful to your calling, mm -hmm. they're leaving. Mm -hmm. We're leaving. In fact, many of them are already gone. They're just mm -hmm. preaching from Sunday to Sunday for a paycheck. Mm -hmm. Right. And for no, retirement I, and for benefits. Mm -hmm. That's what the church wants. The church doesn't want to change. The church doesn't want to be transformed. Talking about new mm -hmm. beings and new creatures and new kingdom coming, doing mm -hmm. the same old thing, fighting over curtains and the color of carpet for a building mm -hmm. you can't get into. Mm -hmm. Do something new. Do something new. Mm -hmm. This is why we need mm -hmm. podcasts. Because no one wants mm -hmm. to come in and hear, my daddy built this church. You know, Jesus never said that. <laughs> Jesus and never And he could have said, <laughs> preach a word. He never said, you know, I built this. You know, my name should be on this fellowship hall. This possessive ownership. People are tired of it. When you're losing mm -hmm. your job and millions of people have lost their lives and their livelihood mm -hmm. and, you're, and the church is still scrapping and scratching and, and clawing at each other. No, mm -hmm. no. So I would say they've gotten perspective. You get clear eyed and you say, this mm -hmm. is not what I signed up for. And this looks like, this looks nothing like the Jesus I want to follow. 100%. I think definitely our year of COVID has yeah. done that for like so many people. And I actually, I think a few weeks before we were going back in person, I mentioned to Mandy, I'm like, I'm a little bit, I'm a little bit nervous because I have actually loved what we have done during our year outside of the building. And I think a lot of our other people that we've been interviewing, like that have been doing digital ministries, it's been so permission giving to just right. say all the things that they actually would normally say that they haven't been able to say from the pulpit, right? Um, so I actually like, that is super warming to me to hear that you have a whole cohort of people that are actually talking about it and like figuring it out and getting out there in new ways. And what's also heartwarming is the fact that like, they're also not 100% giving up on ministry. No. Right? right? No, the program is titled Life Together. We want mm -hmm. to be together. 
but not mm -hmm. in the way that you want to force us to be. And we mm -hmm. want to be together all the time, mm -hmm. not just on Sunday morning at a particular time. We want mm -hmm. to be together in community and the church, it just doesn't offer that. We don't mm -hmm. want to go to church on two days a week. We don't want to have to go into mm -hmm. a building to practice our faith. We want to practice life together. And we want to have a, a Christian witness that matters. Mm -hmm. And we think that when, you know, when evil shows up, when darkness shows up, show this light. That we don't have to wait till Sunday morning to say something about it. And we can do it right, right. now. We can do like Abraham Joshua Heschel said. We can pray with our feet. We'll mm -hmm. meet you in the street. We'll praise God mm -hmm. right there. You know, we'll proclaim that the Imago Dei is in all of these people here. That's church. Right. That's church. I don't need a program. I don't need an usher. And I don't need a pew. The world is my sanctuary. Uh, that, that, that is good news right there. Yeah, but you won't raise a dime doing that. What about my <laughs> fun? I know. That's and this new doorknob we need. And <laughs> right. You have done, you have done, I mean, I, I know from your, you've done some interim ministry and you're, you have served congregations as well. I mean, do you, like when you are serving those congregations, are you speaking this word to them as well? Yes. I don't have okay. another word. Mm -hmm. I'm right, I'm exactly. The old prophet that says, repent <laughs> and get back together, repent and reconcile, repent right. and provide reparations, repent and get this body needs to be united. Jesus prayed a prayer and we haven't answered it. Is nobody going to address that? Mm -hmm. You don't get to do this because this is the way it's always been done. No, you have to do what he said or shut up. Mm -hmm. <sighs> Either we're going to do what he said or we're not. And it, it, the church just looks so much like American empire. It's just embarrassing and it's exhausting. Mm -hmm. And I'm not just going to show up to a building just because I'm supposed mm -hmm. to. No, thanks. Right. I'll pass. I'll pass. Mm -hmm. Tap me when you're ready to you know, start a revolution. Mm -hmm. Let me mm -hmm. know when you're ready to abolish some things and then we can talk. Mm -hmm. But right now y'all are fussing over political candidates and I really don't have time for that. You're fussing mm -hmm. about four year cycles and I'm talking about eternal, <laughs> eternal belonging mm -hmm. and, be, be, and being together. I can't do it. Mm -hmm. I can't do it. It's not enough. It's just not enough. They're just not giving enough. I need more spirit. I need more mm -hmm. wind. I need more breath. I need more pneuma, more newness. Didn't God say that? See, I'm doing a new thing. Can you not perceive it? No. No, the church cannot perceive it because they want more of the same. And we're tired of it. It's super tired. Old millennials are tired of it. We just want, mm -hmm. we want Jesus. Just give me Jesus. Mm -hmm. Not your colored in versions of him. Mm -hmm. I don't, I don't want that. Don't give me your blonde haired, blue eyed surfer Jesus. Don't give me your Rastafarian Jesus. Don't give me your Asian Jesus. It's too many of them. That's not his gospel that he comes in your favorite color mm -hmm. or that he's coming to a segregated church. Tear it down. Mm -hmm. I don't have another message and I don't, I could care less about money. God provides. Mm -hmm. I don't miss a beat. That's not something I'm concerned about. I'm concerned about being faithful and making sure that I say every single time, don't color me in. If your arms are too short to box with God, how'd they get so high up that you could paint God in? Who commissioned you to paint me in? When did you see God? Mm -hmm. I just have nothing but questions about that. Mm -hmm. um, that's why I said mm -hmm. my, my beef is not with race. It's not even with racists. That's somebody else's fight. Mm -hmm. that's not even my beef my beef is with race and what it's done to the gospel mm -hmm. and how it gets in the way of god's love i don't care about nothing else everybody else has their call you know that's not mine mine is this right here mm -hmm. do not color in the face of god do not segregate god's church that's my message there, there's a time and a place for 
us fussing at the races because I do that too when I protest. But mm -hmm. I'm telling you, my calling is this, to undermine the credibility of race. Mm -hmm. Every opportunity I get. Mm -hmm. yeah. I love it. Be reconciled to God and be reconciled to each other. You can't mm -hmm. do it with race. It wasn't created for that. Mm -hmm. So, you know, we have been thinking about how, um, how art and religion work together, right? Mm -hmm. And so, um, you know, images, drawings, um, the yeah. spoken word, um, oral tradition, like all of that has been used for centuries to help people evoke the spirit, to communicate spiritual experiences. Um, how do you use this digital space to do that? To like, right? There's some there's some intersection between art and the spirit that we want to um, explore with this digital art form, right? I mean, I talked about it a little earlier that I taught that I invest heavily in words and the words that I want to see walking around in the neighborhood and the words I want to see flesh. Um, in terms of images, the church doesn't do a good job of it. So I would like all racialized images taken down. I personally would not use any. That's what I like about, about Wi-Fi mm. and podcasts. It's mm -hmm. all mystery. Mm -hmm. We're recording this and no one sees my face and no one needs to. Mm -hmm. Why do you need to? It's not necessary. Mm -hmm. Lean into the mystery of it. Just embrace the words, the sound of my voice and wherever that carries you. And let mm -hmm. that be enough. Mm -hmm. People mm -hmm. walk with God for thousands of years, having never seen God. God walked in the cool of the day. And you, all you had was a voice. Mm -hmm. I'd like to get back to that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I, I can't imagine how big, how magnanimous uh, a voice like that would be, that you would know that's the presence of God. All that's filling the space, filling a garden, filling a neighborhood. And that's all you hear. And you know it's the voice of God. I think there's mm. too much clamor. I think sometimes images get in the way of that. That mm. we see a person and we cannot see the image of God in them because mm. race or gender or something else has told us mm. that they don't matter. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. It's it's almost like overstimulating in some ways. Like I agree. And and in some ways you just have this um, one one sort of mode to yeah. worship and it's and you're just listening to the stories and you're not getting distracted with all of the other images or even um kinesthetic yeah. things that you have to deal with and you can just like it's really focusing right mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um and i just i'm just again I, I said this before just so appreciative of um the way you're describing your podcast church because i think in so many ways mandy and i feel the same way about it um just how important it can be and how um nurturing and spirit filled and it's hard because like you said like you know there's lots of generations that are not used to this medium right they're not used to this this art form um and it's it's hard to get people um, excited or even um, like, you know, into it and so, sort of just get it. Like, it's really hard for people to just get it. And so I really appreciate the way you're describing it. I think it is, um, it needs to be, we need to get it out there more. It needs to be defined more. Um, I think that- They do the same thing with television. Like if people rejected television. We're not gonna put the gospel on television. They did the same right. thing with radio. They're doing it now. 
Right. They'll come along. The church is always behind. They'll catch up. They are all, always behind. But, you know, there's so many young people that will not come into the building and all they just need is a word. Right. That's it. And I know. Come on and I preach. Know. I know. Um, okay, so how would you, um, here's the next thing, um, because this is something that we're really grappling with too, and you might have some really smart words for this. I don't know, maybe, um, you know, I'm putting too much into this, but how, um, one of the biggest issues that people are going to find with these digital ministries is that there's not person-to-person -person community. Mm -hmm. um, so how are you building community um, beloved community, um, incarnate community via podcast. Right now, I think persons need to develop their personal relationship with God because of the hyper-politicization of faith, because of racialization mm -hmm. of faith, persons need to find out who Jesus is for them, which is why I say you don't need any images. Let the word speak to you and let it go. Let the word take you wherever the word is going to take mm -hmm. you. Follow that path. I think there mm -hmm. needs to be a stripping down and a cutting back and a stripping away, just focus in on what God has to say mm -hmm. to you. I think a personal relationship is what's, what's key right now. Um, mm -hmm. Owning your own faith and finding out how much God loves you. Because I think a lot mm -hmm. of our faith is just passed down. It's hand-me-down. You know, mm -hmm. it doesn't really fit, you know, but they gave it to us and it didn't cost too much, but it's your grandmother's faith. It's your great-grandmother's mm -hmm. faith. I think persons need to have a personal relationship, personal interaction, personal experience with God. And I hope the mm -hmm. podcast allows for that. That that needs mm -hmm. to happen first. I find that people often have a relationship with the church building and not with mm -hmm. God, or they have a personal mm -hmm. relationship with the pastor. So if the pastor doesn't show up, they're not coming. Mm -hmm. So I think it's important that mm -hmm. we start with the basics, you mm -hmm. know, one-on-one, -on -one, mm -hmm. you and God. What is God saying to you in this moment? Uh, I think that's important. And, so, and then we can move into, you know, mm -hmm. beloved community. I think first we need our, to get ourselves right mm -hmm with God. And I don't mean right in a right standing type of way. I mean, to make sure that you hear God clearly, you know, that God is talking to you and that mm -hmm. you can hear God's voice mm -hmm. above all of this other stuff. Mm -hmm. So I'm hoping that it allows persons to strip things down. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. yeah um, I agree. I mean, and you're speaking everybody's language right now. I mean, you're just putting it right out there. You're like saying all the things that all of us clergy people want to say, every single one of us all the raceless clergy out there, you are saying the same thing. Like people come because their relationship with the pastor or their best friend comes, or they just want to come to have a party or just to have cookies and coffee. And in some ways, the hope is that these podcasts, all of them, maybe some of them, I don't know, um, will be inspirational and, and lead people to um, an incarnate community that is healthy and whole and doing um, unfolding God's kingdom um, and doing that that good work in the world. So I, um, yeah, I think that is that is good. That is good stuff. Because right that's there. what I'm doing. I'm preaching to myself yes. first, deconstructing, right? and then reconstructing. What did I take on that wasn't really mine? What who what traditions were handed to me that really don't fit me as a person or fit my experiences? If I'm giving being given an experience from 50 years ago, there was a lot happening 50 years ago that's not happening now. And so I need to mm -hmm. treat my faith differently um, mm -hmm. and push back a bit and say, that doesn't really work for me or that mm -hmm. color doesn't look good on me. Or I mm -hmm. don't have anywhere to wear that because that place no longer exists. Mm -hmm. um, I think the church does a lot of that. You know, you're passing around hymn books. We can't touch hymn books right now. <laughs> like it's like some things we really have to mm -hmm. let go of mm -hmm. um, and say, that's not mine. Or just say, I don't want it. 
And I think mm -hmm. that's okay. I think a lot of stuff mm -hmm. we've made gospel that is not like mm -hmm. those pews that my grandfather built or <laughs> paid for. It's like, that's not church. Mm -hmm. And if you move this plaque or if you touch this quilt or if you mm -hmm. move this desk, we have, mm -hmm. I, there's so many golden calves in church. Unbelievable, isn't it? Yeah, it's unbelievable. God has not struck us all dead with all the idolatry mm -hmm. that we, I mean, we have God's unknown. Mm -hmm. I was working as an interim pastor. You walk in a space, you and you you're not even touch. You bump into the thing, and you don't even realize it's a guy. Oh, 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 oh! I'm sorry. I'm supposed to worship that. I apologize. Y'all are worshiping here. I didn't know that. The church has so many gods inside the building mm -hmm. before you can even get to Jesus. If you mm -hmm. ever bump into Jesus, right? I mean, it's hard to find Jesus. It's really hard to find Jesus sometimes in church. Mm -hmm. Between <laughs> between committee meetings and business and church mm -hmm. business meetings mm -hmm. and Sunday school with the themes that don't go with anything. I mean, oh my gosh, don't even get me started on that one, by the way. What are we talking about? Don't what are we talking know, about? Just don't even get all the context. Things. What are we doing? I so I just, we have a lot of idols that we, that we think are Jesus. Mm -hmm. It's really not Jesus. Mm -hmm. And if Jesus doesn't come to me this way, then that's not Jesus. That if Jesus mm -hmm. doesn't look, my, look like me and hate the people I hate and love the people I love, then that's mm -hmm. not Jesus. Mm -hmm. That if Jesus ain't skin to me, meaning Jesus is not the same color as me, then Jesus cannot save me and Jesus is not kin to me. That's not the gospel. Mm -hmm. What are we saying when we say that Jesus has to look like us in order for us to accept Jesus? That's what the raceless gospel is about. I don't okay. know if we realize what we have done. We're mm -hmm. saying when we put those images up that if Jesus doesn't look like this, then we're not worshiping here. That this mm -hmm. is the Jesus we've come to worship. Mm -hmm. That's an idol, friends. Mm -hmm. I know nobody's told you this before, but that's an idol. Mm -hmm. You're not supposed to do that. There's a commandment. I think it says, don't make any images of me. Mm -hmm. What are we doing? Mm -hmm. So I, I wish churches would have better conversations. Mm -hmm. And allow people Agreed. to ask questions. Mm -hmm. Me questioning race is one of the best things I've ever done. Because mm -hmm. I, I was told that you couldn't. You know, this mm -hmm. is the way society sees you. This is the way mm -hmm. it will be. The question that freed me was, do I have to be Black? Mm -hmm. And the answer came back so quickly, no. And then I started to read. Mm -hmm. Freeing. It's so freeing. Freeing, mm -hmm. that I don't have to look at someone as oppressor mm -hmm. and I don't have to see myself as forever oppressed, that mm -hmm. I can engage this person one-on-one -on -one and we can meet each other for the first time mm -hmm. as opposed to 400 years ago. Mm -hmm. But it's hard though, isn't it? Let's not be for honest. me, not for it's me, ma'am. No, ma'am. No, ma'am. hard. Not for me. You know how? Because I just look at the person and mm, it's just a practice for me. I don't color people in. Like mm -hmm. I couldn't, I, would, I need to know your mama's name. Mm -hmm. These are my things. Tell me your name, your mama's name, and where you're mm -hmm. from. Mm -hmm. I think if it's all about there, that story, right? It's about it's the about, story right. because mm -hmm. stereotype is not story. Mm -hmm. right. Whiteness, right. redness, yellowness gives you a stereotype. But if I ask you your story, it's just that easy. Mm -hmm. The conversion is in the conversation. Mm -hmm. That's all. But we don't even talk to each other because race gets in the way. Well, and I think going back to, I mean, even just the, the, um, the golden calves in our church, right? Like I have been a part of conversations where it's like, oh, well, it's, we, we do that because we've always done that way. And then you start asking those questions and you start, you start hearing the story. And half the time, 
they're like, oh, I don't actually know the story. This is just what we do, right? And so it's just that critical asking those questions yeah. of like, but what is the story? Like, let's go deeper. Let's yeah. think a little bit more carefully about this. And I think that's the thing about, you know, as you sit down with a person and as you say, you don't color them in to start with, like, even if you have colored them in to start with, I think that if you can find the right questions, that can start to go away, right? Yeah. But yeah. it's all about, it's all about that story. It's all about that conversation. It's very mm -hmm. important. It's a story. Okay, I have another true. question. What? And I just one more, just one more, because I'm curious. I'm curious about your DMIM project. Oh, okay. Okay. Uh, so it is uh, still working it out, but oh, it's it, it fine. Is, I totally get it. It is an ecclesiology. <laughs> it's an ecclesi an ecclesiology for a trauma informed community that mm. practices a desegregating spirituality. I believe the work is ongoing. That oh we're gosh, constantly. I need, I need your reading list. I like actually oh. need your reading oh, list. Oh, they didn't give this to me. I have hundreds of books on race. So I'm not just talking like pie in the sky. Like I have hundred, when I talk, Brian Bantam says, that when I find words like this, Brian Bantam says, um, race is the word we made flesh. Winthrop Jordan says the, uh, that the identity of whiteness came into being in 1640. Mm -hmm. Well, if it has a beginning, then it has an end. Then it's not mm -hmm. eternal. You have to find those words and track them down. And once they stick onto me, it's hard to get them off. Mm -hmm. So no, but desegregating and not racializing takes practice. Lots so where are you going to practice that at? I practice it all the time. I know. Like how, how, how is the practical piece of your project going to unfold? What is that going to oh, look like? Oh, I'll practice it at church. Yeah. You're going to practice. Gonna, are you going to yeah. actually practice it there? Yeah. They're going to be led into conversations about they're race. They're so lucky. Look at that. <laughs> we'll probably do some type of Bible study and they'll get assignments and we'll do Zoom meetings okay. and all that kind of stuff. I haven't gotten okay. that far yet. That's my project piece, but that's what okay. I'm thinking of. That's what I'm envisioning. So it will okay. happen within a church built. Well, not with maybe on Zoom. It will happen with a church though. Okay. Um, to see how, how we can do that. That's so great. And yeah. then you're going to put a little booklet together for all of us. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Marcia, oh, the formula, please. <laughs> uh, I'm working on that. No, she's that's a fair question. That yes, that's a fair question. That's a yes, it, but it does take practice, um, and it, it mm -hmm. takes a willingness to do so, and it mm -hmm. also takes a divesting of power, and it also takes a lot of storytelling. So I've mm -hmm. had to have a lot of hard conversations about me, mm -hmm. me coming into being, and my mm -hmm. parents. You know how they how who told them that they were black mm -hmm. or white. And how mm -hmm. did it make them, them feel? And why mm -hmm. were they told that story? Like that stuff mm -hmm. matters. Who introduced you to race? Mm -hmm. One of the, the main questions I ask them all, I hate that. It's like, we should mm. be it. Um, but who introduced you to race? Who told you that you were a color? Cause you didn't look in the mirror and say that. Somebody mm -hmm. told you that you were gonna be seen that way. And that's mm -hmm. completely different. Mm -hmm. It's not, it's a social identification. It's not mm -hmm. a self identification. And mm -hmm. I think once people realize that then you can kind of step away from it. Mm -hmm. It's and not it the way how you identify. It somehow comes out of this deep and abiding fear and grief, right? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And oh a myth. Oh, my gosh. And a, a wonderful myth mm -hmm. that we tell ourselves about mm -hmm. America. Yep. It's one of our favorite yep. lies. Mm -hmm. <laughs> we it's have favorite lies. We have favorite lies. But it's going to take work. It's not easy. Mm -hmm. um, I'm the you know grumpy old prophet. So, of course, I get the message because I've heard it mm -hmm. for more than 20 years now. So, right. yeah, it's easy for me because I've heard it for 20 years. I've been mm -hmm. reading books for 20 years. Mm -hmm. you know, I've been asking these questions and pushing back for 20 years. Mm -hmm. 
Somehow well, was, I'm, I'm 17 or 18, but yeah, I've been doing it for 20 years. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, this is this has been an awesome conversation. Actually, you gave us a little skip and well, I shouldn't say us. You gave me a little skip in my step. Maybe Mandy too. Oh, but this God. was yep. this this is um, no. It's just you know kindred hearts, right? Like I don't know. It just feels good to hear hear what you're doing, your work, your story, um, your scholarly work, um, and your practical work. All of it. It's beautiful, and we're so glad that you agreed to come on and share a word with us. John, break me down. I appreciate that. Very sweet. I'm e I can easily start crying. I, I appreciate that very much. It's, it's a personal project. So thanks be to God. Amen. This episode concludes our fourth season of Jesus Has Left the Building. Join us in October as we start again with our newest season. This podcast is made possible by listeners like you. Find us on Facebook at JHLTB and message us to learn how you can be part of this effort to tell stories, have conversations, build relationships, and follow Jesus out of the church and into the world. To support our work, search for Black Forest Community Church on Venmo to make a one-time donation or become a patron on our Patreon account at patreon.com JHLTB to commit monthly to this project. You'll get regular communications and updates about our stories. We give thanks to Black Forest Community Church and the Tributary Fund of the Rocky Mountain Conference of the United Church of Christ for their ongoing support. We could not do this without all who support Jesus has left the building.